Welcome to Watching Westworld, the officially unofficial podcast for Westworld on HBO. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And we just finished watching season three, episode four, titled The Mother of Exiles. Aaron, what'd you think? Um, doing a lot of Game of Thrones baiting. Mother Dragons, sure Mother are, Exiles. Yeah. Uh, when's it going to stop? When I heard that title. When's it going to stop? Uh, I actually like this. There was a point in this episode where I thought I might piss blood, which is <laughs> what where... What was that point? Uh, <laughs> it's where they were rapidly cycling between all of the 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 hosts and asking questions like don't you recognize me whoever's addressing me right now and i'm like if this uh, fades to black if this fades to black <laughs> it's going to be an ugly podcast but you know what they answered a question and i don't think i think some people made a joking suggestion that it's all dolores's but you know, they, they made a big reveal now they made a big reveal and they didn't punt it and they didn't they stretch it out. At the halfway point, one of the major mysteries of the season has been resolved. Yeah. And that, that's me asterisk about this episode. Asterix, asterisk, asterisk. Do you want to know about the asterisks now? Please. Except what if it's not? Oh, don't don't do this. What to if me, man. what if it's I feel what? like the I feel like William right now. Like, is any of this real? I right. I think he is an audience. I think he's actually intentionally an audience uh, surrogate at this point. And when uh, Dolores says welcome to the end of the game, she's talking to us because Maeve can just control all the electronics in the real world. Mm -hmm. How she does have she does have some sort of Wi-Fi communication with hosts that we've seen in the park that Uh works with the host whisper network. It doesn't like magic you know all technology i don't know i don't know maybe it does is it more likely I mean, look, we've got blood markers that, that can mingle co-mingle with your own blood what if this uh what yeah what if it's all simulation like it there's it part of it is that maybe she got upgraded to have like just complete wi-fi uh universal I, wi-fi i think or, we moved on to maybe mave stuff talking about the yeah Right, that's what I was saying. That like Maeve oh, has got real these board. these magical powers. So I mean, it's possible that Maeve has these magical powers in the real world, or yeah. this could be yet another test of like you know what would you do, where would you go, blah blah blah. I, I don't know because I don't know what a simulation at this level would do, but you know, I don't know. every time, every five minutes in this in this show, I stop and pause and ask myself. What if it's a simulation? And Do you find that annoying? Because I find that kind of annoying. Like it, it's constantly withdrawing me from the story that they're trying to tell, um, and, and the things that they're trying to say about humanity and a potential artificial humanity. I don't know. Does it ruin Zelda that every time you see a flat surface of wall, you got to drop a bomb there? Like uh, no, nine out of ten I'm times not nothing. Ha- looking for those. Nine, nine, nine out of ten, ten times nothing happens. But one out of ten, you get that do 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 do, and you get another you know level. So it's like I to me yeah. this is like um, an optical illusion, where it's like you know I'm I'm flipping it over and I'm seeing if the staircase is going up or down. And every five minutes, I always like to be like, hey, have I flipped it upside down? And I think it's interesting so long as what is what they're asking me to ponder is interesting and the nature of reality, what it means to be real, um, you know, better living through simulated AI controlled society. I think those are all interesting questions. Uh, so yeah, I'm fine with it. Um, 
I just, I just have a lot of less patience, I think, for what they've been doing the last couple of seasons. Um, and honestly, even the first season. But in the first season, it was so novel and so interesting. And it was so well told mm-hmm. uh, that I was kind of on board for it. The last two seasons, I've been losing patience. Um, I think this reveal is... It, it, I don't know what it's in the service of. Like, why did you need to keep us in suspense about this? Would it have been more interesting to maybe tell us what was going on and then sort of let us deal with the ramifications of it as we went through these first four episodes i don't know it's hard to say but my my gut feeling is i like that stuff when i know everything all the cards are on the table and i'm simply looking at how these things affect the people involved well yeah i mean if that's your preference that's your preference i'm just saying that like i don't know that it is a negative for me because um i think back how much would my interpretation of the first four hours changed if I had known that everyone was Dolores? Because I didn't know who any of them. Like I, I said last week, it's like they seem like there's a little bit of every, you know, I could see like, well, maybe it's Teddy. I could see the arguments for Angela. I could see and I knew there's arguments against. But, you know, number one, we're I'm still not sure that we're being told the truth just in universe. Like all these hosts said they're Dolores. Um, what does that mean? I think it's interesting too, if they are Dolores, because they're not all the same Dolores. They can't, uh, the second that she copied the marbles and put them in different hosts and they started having actions and experiences of their own, they became different people. And I think that's inherently an interesting, interesting concept. They play one of my favorite comic book storylines of all time is when Jamie Madrox, the multiple man got separated from one of his clones for like a long-term purpose. And that clone be started thinking that it was the original uh, multiple man. And I think that's an inherently interesting that, you know, they play, they play that with the, they play, they've, they've been playing with that several times. I feel like, didn't I just see, there's like a Paul Rudd movie, uh, yeah. where he got close. Yeah. 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 So it's like, it's a it's, Netflix movie. Yeah. It's, it's an inherently interesting concept of like, you know, um, you know, when we've, we've talked about this several times on the podcast thus far, it's like, you know, if you become perfect copy, like on your deathbed, you're an 80 year old man and you're dying and they transfer your consciousness into a young you body and you see that body wake up and look at you and blink. Is that you? They're about to put you to sleep. You're about to die. Are you about to die? Or are you living on? Eh, you know, when you go through it, it's it's yeah, it's it's crazy thing. And I think that's an interesting thing. Obviously, if Dolores is telling 100 percent the truth and these are all the same version of her just copied in all these different marbles. Uh, the one that's in Tess's body is going a little crazy, unless that's part of the plan too, or if that's a simulated version of the future, or like because you know she's tried this different times. Like I, there, there's so many things that the show, like while we're worrying about who, what host is in what body, like w- there's this massive Yakuza operation that's making droid fluid. Yeah. Are we sure that there's just still just five bodies around now or like are, are there a lot more robot hosts than, than we can even imagine? I don't know. I think yeah, that's I mean, interesting. At, at the very least, they're gearing up for something bigger. Yeah. Um, uh, and I, yeah. I, I, I really like uh, Bernard's. I thought Bernard was interesting and in that he's just a step or two behind Dolores at all times. And like, how is he ever going to win if he continues to do that he doesn't have as many allies his allies aren't as committed uh he only has one ally and and uh he might even be dead i don't think he is there's no, no way you throw no way you throw stubs off of uh 
uh, of a one story thing and he's going to be dead. No, that was pretty entertaining, though, when uh, the simulation boy was like freaking out, seeing this dead girlfriend whipping ass and she just uh, like taps her head on, you know, taps her temple. Like, yeah, you know, it's simulation. You're onto something. Yeah. Hell of a drug that whatever the hell was called. Yeah. Yeah. What else we want to talk about? I don't know. Um, there's a question at the end that Dolores kind of leaves uh, William with. Or I guess William leaves William with. Uh, which is, if any of this was your choice, wouldn't you already know? Uh, the answer to the question, am I me? Mm-hmm. And I'm, I, I'm, trying to under, I'm trying to interpret that uh, to, to understand its meaning. And I'm not sure I'm quite there yet. Like I just saw this 10 minutes ago. Um, but something about like the difference between humanity and, uh, the host, which lets them have actual choice, uh, an actual agency over their choices, um, as opposed to humanity, which doesn't, is that what she's getting at? Is she trying to say like, look, if you were a host, you would know that the choice is yours in fact, but since you're a human, you're not sure if the choice is yours. Hmm. I don't know. I thought it was like, it's kind of a refutation of the like, well, you know, you made bad choices. You know, when, when people find themselves in bad situations, a lot of people in a place of judgment will say, well, these are the result of your choices. You know, you got addicted to drugs, you got a diss, you get that, you're poor, uh, you're sick, whatever. Um, and the ref- refutation of that is kind of both like life is uh, some of the choices, you know, ever, you know, you get so many choices that are handed to you and you make your best shot. But then also life is about things that that happen to you beyond your choice. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where that's the problem, I guess, I have with the show is that. Determinate determinism down to like, what is what does that mean? Like if if we if if, you, if humans are are. are Humans are work on these fundamental physical processes of the universe, you know, brain chemistry and whatever. What does but but we're still can, you know, like we can still be uh, we can still be waylaid by random things happen like, you know, cosmic ray hits our DNA, it mutates, we get cancer. Um, but so like and that at some point runs into the like Heisenberg uncertainty principle, right? Like because these these radiation things decay randomly through a process that's that's inherently random so how the hell can like even if we are de- purely deterministic we have these like things shooting around us and and exerting influence on us that we can't even see like i, I that's why I, the, the show is a little schizophrenic because it wants to have it like the robots are entirely choice driven and we are entirely these meat machines that are on these little wound up targets and i think both sides are going to find out at the end that it's a little bit of both yeah so that's that's a uh one of the most interesting concepts in this episode and it sort of bookends this episode um, mm-hmm. because you have in the beginning Dolores or, or I guess Emily um, asking William if every choice you made wasn't a choice at all it was just something written to your code and I think the answer the proper answer to that right now uh, with humanity's sort of limited understanding of our our cognition and things of that nature is who cares because ultimately, mm. like whether you're deterministic or you're non-deterministic uh, in your nature, until we can foresee the outcomes based on choices, it doesn't. There's no fundamental difference to us, right? Like, because 
whether I'm making this choice because a cosmic ray hit me five seconds mm -hmm. ago yeah. or making the choice because I have free will and I can make choices, mm -hmm. the outcome is going to be what it is. And I don't have any insight into that. And therefore, it feels like I've made a choice. And I think that's the important thing for humanity. Well, but where it does, when you say who cares, like everyone sitting in prison would care because uh, if life is purely deterministic, you're punishing people for playing the part that they ha literally have to play. Um, yeah, but my, my point is we have no, we don't have enough insight into that process in order to make that call. No, and yeah, so but I, right I, I now, think that, as it stands, it doesn't matter. We have right. to treat this as if we have free will and choice. But I think it's fair for a show to like explore those concepts. And, oh yeah, because because the other thing is like it wouldn't surprise me if at the end of this show it's like, um, do you remember when we did that podcast on uh, there will be blood? And I mentioned about like this kind of like mini epiphany I had about you know uh, the guy star of the movie, the I drink your milkshake guy. Uh, in the very opening film, he falls down a mine shaft, almost dies, drags himself out through some heroic self preservation and will, then goes on to dominate the world. The whole time thinking. I'm the tough kind of son of a bitch that pulls myself out of a mine shaft with a broken leg. And I don't think people like that ever stop and think that 99 times out of 100, they just die in the bottom of that mine. They land a half inch this way and they shatter a vertebra instead of a leg. The leg gets gangrenous. Uh, you know, it, there's all, so many ways that with all of his grit, with all of his determination, he still is a skeleton at the bottom of that uh, mine, mine shaft. And I think that's where Dolores is getting at when she says something like, if these are all your choices, then you should know what's happening next. If you're in control and these are all your choices, then you must have chosen to be here. And you must also know what your next choice is to regain your destiny. Right. And like the fact that he can't say that and the fact that he is relatively helpless should be, you know, a wake up call. Um, I don't know. That's I. <sighs> yeah, that's I, that's I, where that's where I'm, I guess I'm 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 at with the show right now. That's why I think they might be saying I feel you, and the the best part of this season, in my opinion, is the stuff they're doing with Rehoboam and the ability to predict humans and their decisions. And that, yeah. to me, like when you connect all those dots and you have all the information, you know, the stuff from Westworld combined with the stuff that Rehoboam's already got, and you can sort of, you know, hit Sirach's, uh final goal, which is to perfectly predict everything. Mm -hmm. then you can talk about whether humans have free will and whether that matters and how to, I guess, react to that. Yeah. Um, and so the show is like pushing it a really inter interesting direction. And yeah. it has me a little scared, you know, for the future of all of our human characters in this world. Uh, I don't know. We've seen maybe two of them the entire <laughs> time. I'm not mm -hmm. sure at this point. Uh, but I I'm worried for them because... Once that synthesis of that data comes together, the choice may be a moot point, right? Mm. You may be just pushed in a direction, and whether you have choice or free will or not, you're going to kind of be dictated to uh, what you're going to do. How do you feel about Serac being a real person versus a manifestation of Rehoboam code, Robohobo code? Because that was a big question last week. Some of the theories in, involved that he was some kind of digital avatar inside a simulation. Um, I guess it depends on how you feel about this being a future world. Well, that's uh, the, that's where simulation. But that that's where I, I kind of want to, you know, when we're talking about all the interactions she has with or Maeve has with the uh, Sarek, um, yeah. I always just thought that in the back of my mind is like, well, if the theory is correct, then every time we see him in the real world, then it's fake. 
Um, but also, if he's not, I think it's a pretty interesting, compelling background that they just kind of like gave us the barest hints of this week. It looks like we'll be finding that more next week, that one of the reason he's so obsessed with control and prediction and simulation is because at a very formative age, his country uh, was apparently destroyed by a very large nuclear blast. That has left a big, a big part of that. And I, I can't, I I can't remember. I remember in the uh, trailer where they showed all the different divergences and historically was the nuclear incident. Did it happen in France? Because I remember they said that there was a nuclear incident and it might have been in France, but sounds right. But. But it seems like there is um, there was definitely that. And, and I think that's an interesting, you know, any any good villain has to have like a cause commensurate with their, you know, it has to have a, an origin that like justifies their bullshit or, you know, then they're that that's defines like a well-written uh, villain from like melodrama. You know, it's a Magneto versus a Joker. Right. Um, this I mean, that that would do it. That would do it. Being 10 years old and your country just gets wiped off the map because of probably madmen. Yeah. Like you would want to bend every bit of your intellect and skill and, and money to try to make sure that never, ever happens. And if that puts humanity in an egg carton that they can't ever get out of, so be it. At least, no, you know, millions of people don't get incinerated in nuclear holocaust. Yeah, I mean, I... It- so Sorok's an interesting, complicated character because I'm not sure I would even label him a villain as such. Um, hmm. It depends. he could be John Connor. Yeah, I mean there there are a lot of ways he could go. Um, I, I don't know that I'm comfortable with the concept of a benevolent dictator, especially one on this scale. Uh, but he could be one of those. Um, he could also like his goal seems to be the preservation of humanity, and I don't you know there are certainly nefarious means you can use to accomplish that goal. But I don't yeah. know that I would necessarily call him a villain, especially when he sort of puts this olive branch out to Maeve and says uh, something that I don't necessarily agree with, that, you know, humanity or I guess organics and synthetics can't live together uh, on this in this world and that you could have your own world that, that we would give you. I, I don't know that I totally agree with that, but it is certainly a gesture of peace, right? It is it is not Dolores's path. But it's interesting, though, because like, you know, I, I think of Westworld and I think of like how they depicted like the Native Americans, the First Nations people and their okay. reality yeah. is that's that's a people that like we co we coexisted with by putting them in a reservation and then forgetting yeah. about them or cutting their fun. Like if I was Maeve, the question would be, OK, I can go back to my cage or I can go into this other cage that you could shut off at any time. Once I'm in that cage, I am no longer have agency in the real world. Like that doesn't. Uh, and, and, you know, as far as like, why can't two species coexist? I don't know. Like that's one of the books I, I was, you know, I was banging on last season as sapiens, right? One of the weird conclude. One of the weird things about human history is there was like four or five other competing hominid species on this planet existing at the same time. And we fucking wiped them out. We fucking white. We, we there is not another species of humans on this planet except why for the one. Why did we do it? Yeah. Why did we do it? Was it our fault? Were we pushed into it? I don't know. But it's it's like 
as soon as you said like can't we coexist i'm like yeah but like you've got one clearly superior being and then one shitty meat sack that has to push private parts together to reproduce and <laughs> piss the shit out of its butt and puke when it gets sick like you know no those species are not you get yeah the morlock and the eloy no that only worked in the time traveler because one was the cattle and one was the predator like yeah like maybe they'll coexist but not in any kind of like egalitarian egalitarian way i don't think yeah and i look at it and i say why would humanity want to stay the way humanity is when there's a clearly superior version of it out there yeah i would opt uh, out and, of shitting and sleeping for sure yeah actually absolutely i'd still want to mash some parts every once in a while but would you, you know? though would you yeah. once you were oh, free yeah. of this meat prison you think you think so once you're free oh, yeah. of the biological imperative to reproduce you'd still want to smash parts i, mean, I don't do it out of imperative <laughs> <laughs> Don't you? Do you have any choices? Uh, <laughs> I don't know, man. Um, okay, I got some random things I wanted to ask you about uh, or observe. I yeah. like the rockets landing ass first in Victorville, USA. E- oh, e- yeah. Elon's one. No, no more rockets landing like airplanes or crashing. They're just all going to land ass first now. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, when did these robots start eating and drinking for pleasure? Yeah, the beers confused me. I thought the that was a really thing about me. hosts that they don't. I think they probably can eat, mm-hmm. but it's like data, they right like data can eat. He can simulate he, the act if he wants, but yeah. like the the idea that you'd reward a stubs bot with like a ice cold brew, like is this this Futurama? Will yeah. he will he say bite my shiny metal ass before this uh, <laughs> this season's over? Probably. Uh, I like the concept of that, like. Our concept of the afterlife, and I guess everyone that's religious, cover your ears. Uh, the idea that the afterlife for humans is just a make-believe, but it's very real for these robots. Because they have like this eternal, everlasting thing about them that you could put into a heaven. Or I, I thought that the, the concept of heaven and hell, like, you know, I blow this guy's brains out and he's just gone. He's just gone. But you... Yeah. You know, you got that marble. I thought that was really uh, an, an interesting thought. Um, did you think the one lady that Liam was ogling uh, and wanting to check out, want to do a one-click purchase on, looked a lot like uh, Angela from last year? I did. Was she Angela? I don't think so. I, she looks I so close. IMDb, but yeah, I'm pretty sure it was. Yeah, I haven't had time to check, but I'm like, it's so close. And like, you know, we're looking for the five marbles. Uh, did we just see a fifth marble and we didn't even know it? Uh, have we accounted for all the marbles yet? We got Dolores, Hale, uh, Liam's bodyguard, um, uh, 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 Musa- Musashi. Yep. Well, Bernard wasn't a marble. She, she's, well, was, is he a marble or did she reconstruct him from her memories? Because that's what she said. But then we see the fifth marble. Oh, did she say that? I I missed that. I'm a, well, that's what she told Bernard, but that maybe that's a lie. So, okay, if Bernard has won the marbles, and we've seen all five marbles. So that can't be Angela. Just a coincidence. Um, um, what? But, so there are six marbles. There are six pearls, right? Because there's the one that went out in Hale's body, and there were five in the satchel. Oh, I meant five in the satchel. Oh, you're right. So, so there are a total of there six. There would be so we... six pearls total. Okay, okay. So we are still missing. There's a, There's a potential Angela still out there. <laughs> guess so uh or a sixth dolores no a fifth dolores there's only be yeah because one of them is bernard all right what's up with the pinprick of blood i don't know so when did that happen yeah it, it was who was it on was it on stubs i i can't remember 
I, I wrote down a pinprick, but it wasn't it? Um, no, it was Hale doing it to William. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At the very end. Uh, is I'm not that, sure what is, they're doing with that. Well, they introduced this weird concept of um, encryption key in one's blood. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know why she would need that, because maybe that's a DNA sample she needs to, cause of, to get him. Because I think yeah. William's still alive here. I think so. But this cellular sample is the thing they need to recreate him in the Delos lab so they can put him in. Like, is, is, I wonder if they're going to literally put him in hell. I mean, we saw what happened to James Delos. So, yeah, he's probably been in hell a few times. Yeah, he's going all, He's going to go all the way down. He's still flesh uh, and blood now, though, right? He survived? I, I, so I think so. And I think there's a shot in here that's going to confuse a lot of people because early on, uh, it's like the first scene or something when he's talking with mm-hmm. Emily and freaking out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, she's she's saying, you know, go ahead and finish the job or whatever. And he rolls mm-hmm. his sleeve up and he's got these fingers that are blown off and they show like robotic stubs on the end of them. Yeah. Um, and he's about to dig into himself. But if you look at that, uh, when she kind of goes away and he returns to his senses, his hand is all bandaged up. So I think mm-hmm. that's some sort of like weird self-image that he's got of him of hmm. his own body. Because I thought they were like trying to maybe regrow his fingers because he's got that big mitt on the in the medical device. Yeah. Yeah. And there's also, you know, it's been five minutes since I said it. Could it all be a simulation? Yeah. Uh, so, but yeah, I wonder what they're doing to that pinprick of blood. And then finally, just a fill, just a fill cinematography thing. Uh, I still love what they do with the, the white Android fluid in the blood. Mm-hmm. Like, and I, and I also, I don't have you know, I, I always want to pause it when I'm watching it live to look at stuff, but then I'm like, God, I got to get on the instant take. Is there, does that look like anything to you? Is this pattern? Yeah, there's like this, like, yeah, it's like, I feel like it's a Rorschach. It's got to be like someone's going to have an outline. It's like at first I thought maybe it was like all the continents of the world. It's like, you know, robot domination or something. But then it's like, nah, that's Australia's not below North America. That can't be. But I wonder if it's I was I was halfway to to, to proving it was the Mercator projection. And then it wasn't. And I didn't have time to go back and look to see what it actually was. But uh, I don't know. It's just the letters that spell out who am I? Or am I me? Yeah. Uh, so, um, how do you think? What What do you think about the action this this episode? I thought it was better. I mean, it's hard mm-hmm. to do worse. But. I thought the hand to hand stuff was pretty good. I was a little dodgy about the auto aiming guns, but they did establish that as a thing. Yeah, it seems I think like you could make guns that might have enough. Like, you know how you lead a horse, right? It's mm-hmm. just kind of you direct its face to go where you want it to go. Yeah. Um, yeah. It felt like that, like you direct the arm of the the person and the aim of the gun to go where you want it to go, and maybe they could end up shooting their buddies. Yeah, and it didn't seem like they're like there's limits, like you couldn't literally make it shoot the person, like you could just kind of like skew it by because it wasn't like yeah. a full arm appliance; it was just the wrist. So, mm-hmm. you know, you kind of get in a cross direction, and maybe it shoots exactly where you're looking. I, I don't know. I thought it was. I, I I thought it was cool, and I thought the like Stubbs versus Dolores fight was really cool. Um, and I love the kind of like humor afterwards. I thought the, um, Maeve versus Musashi fight was really good. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I thought, uh, they should just all do like matrix style hand to hand that they should never have people with guns actually get to, everything should be melee because they really struggle when you you throw guns into the mix. It seems like everyone should have believable. I wonder if also because 
if what the Hemsworth brother said about his shoulder being wrecked and that's why they had to rewrite that thing, they must have gone and rewritten the whole season because he was clearly supposed to have action scenes he couldn't pull off. And they they mentioned that like, hey, speaking of getting funds, can I repair this shoulder? And Bernard's like, no, we don't got the time, money or resources for it. So I wonder that too. (laughs) <laughs> no nah, we don't actually have medical insurance we shot this Sorry. in australia they don't need to require um i wonder I, I i wonder what was supposed to happen like all season long like are all of these things kind of like slightly scaled down versions or yeah i'm sure you know it might be like an indiana jones and the raiders of the lost ark deal where you know harrison ford is too sick to do a stunt so they had the inspired choice to just have him shoot the swords guy like i wonder if there's any gold like that in the season like mother the invention is the mother of necessity. Mother necessity is the mother of invention. Yeah, yep. that's how it goes. I don't know. Uh, what else do you want to talk about, or should we get to what the people are talking about? Yeah, let's go to the people. Okay, this is the end of what we call the Instant Take podcast, which is where Jim and I just talk about whatever we want to talk about. We're about to start the Instant Take, Instant Talk version of the podcast, where we go to our club members uh, using the YouTube chat interface and see what they're talking about, what they're buzzing about. Uh, If that sounds like a good time, it's easy to get in on. You just go to club.baldmove.com. You can sign up tonight and be on your way. Club.baldmove.com. 